Too Hot to Handle was very much just an opportunity for marketing. David Birtwistle, he is reinventing the fitness space with some really cool content and he's building Endeavour Life. Welcome to Endeavour. We provide proper training for everyday people. Stop. If you want to get a big chest, don't do bench press. Stop bench pressing. You know, if we can make healthier decisions most of the time, you will perform at a higher level and therefore that will radiate into all other aspects of your life. I'm, I'm a walking cliche. I'm the sportsman that didn't actually go pro. When you've got maybe not that much money to play with, you have to be quite strategic with how you spend your time and where you do put money. So I'm excited to have on today's episode, David Birtwistle. He is reinventing the fitness space with some really cool content and he's building Endeavour Life, which is a coaching program to help you make the best of your David life. Birtwistle. I met he David when I was in Dubai go-karting, really cool but I'll let him tell the story of how that ended. Life. But yeah, welcome, welcome David. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah, mate, cheers. Thanks so much for being here. So go-karting in Dubai was the first time we met, wasn't it? And honestly, I thought I was quite a good racing driver. I thought I was all right. I can remember you saying before we turned up, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I, you know, I'm I have a certain line that I'll try and hit. The and then even if I think I'm going the tightest on the corner possible, somehow there's a space wide enough you for you to go on the inside, yeah. around the corner. I thought go kart was supposed to be non contact. So I'm excited to have on today's episode David Brookwell. They're running crosses different. It's not the same. It's not the same. We like to touch a little bit, but no, it's really interesting. I think that will come on when we discuss, you know, your your story with coaching. It's like you would say to me, well, how did you go that quick? And sometimes you just don't know. But that's where yeah, experience yeah. comes in, isn't it? I think in a lot of this. But yeah. um, but tell me a bit about yourself. Obviously, you've got a big Instagram following, which formerly came from a TV show you was a part of. But tell me yeah. where this journey started for you, health and fitness and the business you went into ultimately. Yeah, so it actually started when I was about 15. Um, so I was big into rugby, mainly because I was a very like energetic child. And one of the kids' parents at school suggested I started playing rugby to try and get some of that energy out in a productive manner, right? Yeah. Um, some might say disruptive, but no, I'd say energetic. And so I started playing rugby. I was quite good at it. I ended up playing for England under-16s. Oh, wow. And then um, as a result of that, I got scouted to go to Wasps Rugby Club and play, like train full-time alongside doing my studies. So 16, moved to London, uh, training full-time with Wasps Academy and doing my A-levels and things like that. And all I wanted was I wanted to be a professional rugby player. Yeah. Right? It was the only thing that mattered. Like, school was an absolute afterthought. I just wanted to be a professional rugby player, right? Like, think back to the time. So I was 16. We had won the World Cup in 2003, I think, England won the World yeah. Cup. Uh, Wasps were European champions. I was like, England, Wasps, I'm, all I wanted is to be a rugby player. And then after a year of being with Wasps, I'm into my second year and I tear my ACL, right? So complete grade three rupture of my ACL. I need, I need a full ACL reconstruction. I'd done uh, meniscus damage as well to my knee. So it was just a complete disaster. I thought that, you know, it's like I'm, I'm a walking cliche. I'm the sportsman that didn't actually go pro, yeah, right? Yeah. The guy that was supposed to go pro that got an injury and then didn't go pro. So... Um, you know, I put a lot of work in to rehabilitate my knee, spent loads of time with the physios at Wasps and the strength and conditioning team at Wasps. And from being in that environment, really loved the um, ability to improve your physical capabilities. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is really cool. Like, being an athlete is really cool. And so I just found, kind of fell in love with it then. So even though I didn't go pro and it was a real kind of 
uh, I felt bad, obviously, that I wasn't going to be able to live into my dream. I went to university and did strength and conditioning science at uni. And that kind of then carried on through to then the career of like working in the health and fitness industry. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is that being a strength and conditioning coach and helping <clears throat> everyday people that are not athletes with their health and fitness are very different. So like if you're an athlete mm -hmm. and your job is to be the best physical specimen that you can to perform at your sport, then your thought process is just how can I be better? Right? Like, yeah, every day, little margins. How can you gain more? Exactly. So it's just a case of find the best possible um, protocol and then get the athletes to do the protocol and they'll, they'll do it. Whereas with uh, gen pop individuals, they've got, you know, families, they've got careers, they've got social life, they've got <clears throat> their own kind of thoughts, feelings, and worries about food, about training, about how they look, about how they feel. It's like way more complicated. Social, yeah, social events, everything, yeah. Exactly. And so although I had the foundation of this fundamental uh, science of fitness, then applying that to gen pop makes it much more complicated. And it's over the past 10 years of working as a PT and as a health and performance coach, which is now where I specialize, um, I've developed a system of how to help everyday people to really excel in their health and fitness and excel in their life as a byproduct by not just focusing on health and fitness, but by focusing on um, their habits, focusing on their mindset and focusing on their recovery as well. Um, because for most people, health and fitness is a part of their life. It is not their life. And so really to make it as accessible as possible by uh, looking at their recovery, when they take time off, their social life, their family, and then also like their goals as part of their life, not mm -hmm. as their only part of their life. That's the thing that has to happen in order to achieve, you know, what they're looking for long term. And, and how, you know, it strikes me that you, you were an athlete when you were younger, that is like a change in identity almost because you go from wanting to be a professional athlete to then thinking, okay, what do I do after? And obviously health and fitness, a huge part of your life. How did you turn that into a business? Because I think you, you probably would agree there's a lot of sports professionals that for some reason, usually injury, can't make it to their professional career and then they look to go elsewhere. Um, and obviously you've turned that into a business in probably around 2003, became one of the biggest industries I would say globally, the, you know, it's when fitness took off, everyone went to the gym. Part of the reason we started Excite was for that health and fitness movement. What made you want to start a business in that space as opposed to just being a PT for a professional club and helping athletes? That was exactly the conversation I had with myself. Yeah. And the truth, and I have to say the truth is that being a strength and conditioning coach isn't a particularly lucrative life not unless you are the absolute creme de la creme working in American sport primarily. Mm -hmm. But here in the UK, it's just not a very good career to go down. You have to sacrifice your weekends, your weekday evenings. You have to travel loads. You don't get paid very much. Most of the time you're having to work for free for the first couple of years. Um, so it's just not really like I had a plan for where I want my life to be and that didn't match up with it. Um, I did look at going and doing like, what a lot of PTs do, which is working for big chain gyms. So I had multiple offers um, to work in these big chain gyms. I'm not going to name names, but the 
the system, it just didn't seem to make sense to me. Like the maths just didn't seem to make sense. I didn't like the idea of um, working for someone and making someone else money. It's like the hairdresser model, isn't it? You pay for the space and then you get your clients. And Yeah, like within the gyms, there's either you're employed by the gym and they'll pay you a, a salary and then maybe a small bonus per client that you train, or you pay the gym rent, and which is usually quite a lot of money. Yeah. And then you build your business within the gym, but really you're not building your business. You are just servicing their clients on a contractor basis. Mm -hmm. And um, I just didn't really like those models. I thought I could achieve this myself quite quickly and there's more scope and there's more longevity within it. So the reason I started my business because I thought in the long term, it's going to be a much more fulfilling route for me to go down to have the ability to progress that career and go down new paths and new avenues and that's you know it's just got more possibilities yeah and, and i guess part of that possibility for you moving into this space you was on the tv program i think too hot to handle yeah. where, where did that fit into this this era of your life because same similar time frame this popped up yeah so too hot to handle we filmed in 2019 yeah it came out 2020 um i was already working as a pt as an online coach for a couple of years before we filmed this mm -hmm. and i'll be honest like it was a business move, right? Yeah. I saw this as Netflix are putting on a new high-budget reality show. They're going to want this to be really good. So this is a fantastic opportunity to build my profile, get in front of a lot more people, and uh, bring health and fitness to more people more easily. So um, it just fit in as like a marketing opportunity yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because that's quite <laughs> entrepreneurial in itself looking at that is thinking okay i'm trying to impact more people's lives hey can i get in front of them quicker yeah because i mean the truth is i've never been funded right like my business has been grown from the ground up with no investment right mm -hmm. like i've just i had maybe a grand or something when i came out of university and i bought like t-shirts and training equipment and some flags to go in the ground so that people could see the logo when they came to the boot camps right and it's just like grown from there. So there's been no additional funding. And so it's always been a case of, right, how can I reinvest our profits or the profits that I've been making into growing something a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. And over like the 10 years that I've been doing it, it has now got to a point where those profits are, you know, the monthly profits are what I might have been making in a year at the start. And so it's like now grown, which is great, but it's always been a case of how can I get the most out of what I'm trying to, what I'm going to invest in. And this was an opportunity of like, well, if it goes well, I get a huge platform. If you've got loads of exposure, you can impact more people. Mm -hmm. uh, if it doesn't go so well, you're not really going to lose anything. If no one sees it, no one sees it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just yeah. like <laughs> I've given a month of my time and that's it. But when you've got maybe not that much money to play with, you have to be quite strategic with how you spend your time and where you do put money. You know, and it's only right now, 10 years in, that I'm even looking at doing ads on Facebook and Instagram, like paid social ads, mm -hmm. because everything's had to be organic up until this point because of the margins. So, yeah, the Too Hot to Handle was very much just an opportunity for marketing expansion.
And what did that do for you? Because obviously you're there, you're David Birtwistle, the the sort of sole trader at this point. But now you've built obviously a coaching agency as such. Tell me, how did you go from one person? Because I think there's a lot of people in the fitness industry that'd be interested to know. How do you go from, like you said, the PT position of your one man band type situation? You're going, you know, month to month with new clients. You've grown now more of a coaching community type platform. How do you, how, what would you say to people in the fitness industry looking to maybe move on from being a PT and, and do different things in the fitness industry? I think that essentially you will always remain a coach of some capacity unless the turnover of your business is like around seven figures, right? Like you're going to be a coach as well as a manager to other people yeah. that work for you. Um, and the business is built around you. Like you're the founder, you're the head coach, you're the manager, you're the person that people want to see. So um, for people that are PTs that are looking to expand, like I think probably a mistake that I made was I expanded too quickly, right? Possibly the feeling of success is defined by how big the team is or success is defined by how people perceive my team. And actually like that I think is the goal not to make like impact as many people as possible. Yes. But make as much money as possible with the lowest costs. We want to make as much profit as we can. Right. Yeah. But having a bigger team eats into that profit margin. So I would say that like, yes, bring on people, but only as you need them. And because most people in the fitness industry are used to working as a contractor, as a self-employed um, contractor, then you can still utilize that. And it's the strategy that we've used is don't bring people in on a salary, mm -hmm. but as your, cause you know, clients are going to come and clients are going to go. You want to be able to flex your um, expenses along with your income, right? Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. we try and reduce the fixed expenses as much as possible, limit those so that we pay per client essentially that the coaches work with. So where, so where where did Endeavour come from? Because that's the latest version of what you've done. It's not David Birtwistle anymore. Like no. you said, it's not you now. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's Endeavour. So what, how did you transition to that? That was because I, the truth is I didn't want, um, I didn't want the coaching to be just about me, right? Mm -hmm. It was that I wanted to create a company that would have trust and would have credibility and be able to stand alone. And the only way to, to bring people in that are gonna be um, really effective is they gotta feel like they're part of something and they're not just, you know, David Bertwistle coaching, I feel doesn't really have that same authority. Yeah. Whereas like creating a brand which has its own identity, um, which people are a part of and a company, they can really like be a part of that team and it's, almost like less egotistical. It's like, I don't want to call it David Bettersville coaching because yeah, yeah. I don't want it. It's not just about me. It's actually really about the clients. It's about yeah. getting them the results. Um, and it also allowed us to take a fresh look at what Endeavor is and like what my coaching methodology was. And the reason we called it Endeavor is because <clears throat> fitness for most people is a journey. It's, it's a challenging journey. And to endeavor to complete something is to go on a challenging journey. So essentially, we thought that it's a nice way. Most people probably didn't even think about this, but like 
an endeavor is a challenging thing that one goes on and tries to complete. And yeah, for most yeah. people, I did get the reference. Fitness, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got is, it. Yeah. Is exactly that. So yeah, it just kind of gave us the opportunity to do something fresh. And, and how do you find people coming into Endeavour? They're probably on journeys themselves, um, whether it's, you know, working the career ladder or maybe even starting their own business or their own fitness campaign. How, how have you found health and fitness has impacted people's journeys outside of the fitness part? Because I think a lot of this is, yeah, okay, it's getting fitter, stronger, faster, but we're not all athletes. We're not no. all trying to be the next rugby player or whatever. How do you find it impacts people positively on this journey? Massively it honestly makes a huge, huge impact. So it's interesting because like, as time's gone by, the thing that really matters to most people isn't the physical, it is the effect of the physical. Mm -hmm. So it would be that, um, you know, by eating the right way, you feel more energized, you have better concentration, you have better decision-making ability, your interpersonal relationships improve, um, what that means is that like you're more likely to have a better relationship with your partner if you eat healthy, right? If you are physically active and you challenge yourself, you're more likely to have better relationships with the people that are close to you. Um, so like they're even, that's just small things, right? But it's interesting though, isn't it? That that is the truth of that. Cause I'm the same. If yeah. I eat well before I race, train well before I race, everything goes better. Yeah. But I haven't done anything, you know, on the track any different. Well, it's, it's, um, that's why, you know, over the years, my kind of title has changed. And now I call myself a health and performance coach because it's not so much about being a, a, a physically fit specimen as such, but it's, it's, I like helping people to achieve more in their life through having a really strong foundation. So if you think about your performance as a racing driver, like the, the, better that you will perform is because you are as a human better functioning right yeah. so like faster reaction times better decision making ability your muscles will be able to react quicker because you fueled them properly your heart's going to be slower even when you've got adrenaline pumping around you because your body's used to it and you're fitter your body can transport waste products away from the muscles faster and get more oxygen to it yeah. and it can keep oxygen in your brain so you as a racing driver will perform better if you're physically more capable of doing that job but it's not you know that someone say oh that's a physical thing yeah it is but it's sort of very mental isn't it you're constantly much making more so decisions. with what i do as well rally cross short races four laps so it's more mental than, it is than anything indeed, else right? but we look at someone who's uh working uh, regular nine to five or or is working in a stressful corporate environment um you're an athlete right it's just not physical right your brain is still requiring a lot of energy to make decisions and you and really to excel in your um corporate job whatever that is you have to be performing at your best to get the best out of your brain so if you can get a proper night's sleep every night if you can eat a healthy diet with lots of vegetables and lots of protein and you know reducing saturated fat and trying not to eat junk food you know with loads of sugar in it and if you're exercising your body is going to be in an elevated state of performance constantly. So I've said it before, but like that will allow you to make better decisions. Now think about, um, say you're like in a board meeting, say someone's in a board meeting, right? And um, the company's not in a very good position and there's like, you know, the, the VP is like shouting at everyone and someone needs to find a solution to the problem and 
if in that moment your brain's firing on all cylinders and you're in a really great state physically, it might be in that moment that you have a epiphany moment. Oh, how did I even think of this? Yeah. Your brain just thought of it because you're operating at a higher level. You're performing at a higher level. And therefore, in that moment, you're the person that finds the solution to the problem. You're the person that therefore is in the minds of your managers and the people senior in the company because you've been able to perform better compared to someone who hasn't had enough sleep, who's eating junk food, who doesn't exercise, who's um, really performing in a low physical and mental state. They're not going to be the one coming up with solutions in that moment, are they? No. And so it's the decisions that we make. If we can make healthy decisions most of the time, then you're just, you will perform at a higher level and therefore that will radiate into all other aspects of your life. You know, your performance at work, performance in your relationship, your performance with your friends, your performance in your sporting activities, like everything just gets better. And how much is performance the key sort of driver when I found I've got a few entrepreneurs I've interviewed even on this this uh, podcast but a lot of them will come back to time and say well I haven't got the time you know, yeah. I've got the kids to put to bed I've got meetings all day and even I fell into this trap sometimes of prioritizing emails over a fitness but now I'm very I will block an hour out regardless and go to the gym but how can people find the time is it is it you know a thing in your mind that you just need to deal with and make the time or what's your advice to people because I'm sure you get it that time isn't there, but yeah, time is the number one constriction that we all have. When you when you're a busy person trying to make things happen in life, we all struggle with time, but we all have 24 hours. And actually, if you're, um, if you're a relatively affluent individual, then you can create more time efficient ways of doing things quite simply. So if you know, you struggle to make dinner every night, you want to save yourself an hour's worth of cooking every day, then get a meal prep company like Fresh Fitness Food to deliver perfect meals to your door every single day. Um, if you struggle to get to the gym because it's not in your diary, you need to put it in your diary. You need to structure your diary. Time management, organization are essential. If you are a person that needs to find five minutes everywhere, the more efficient you are with your time management, the easier it's going to be to get that time to do the thing. But really it just comes down to uh, prioritizing certain things. And there is a case uh, where it's worth sitting down, even if it's just for half an hour and just thinking, right, what are the priorities I've got going on? Uh, what are the things that I need to do? What are the things I want to do? How do we organize this? I mean, this is just organization, right? Yeah, of course. And then going, right, well, I'm going to plan my diary based on these priorities. I know I've got to be at work for these hours of the day. I know I've got to sleep for these hours of the day. I know I've got to eat every day at some point a couple of times. Like structure this into your diary and get organized. And then the amount of time you'll have is going to be so much more than you realize. Um, the other thing is going to be like, prioritizing like how do you get more bang for your buck and the best way of doing that is by understanding what the biggest win that you can get for the smallest input is and this is where having a coach especially for high performers is really essential like for most people the truth is if you slept more that they would perform better yeah that's probably enough. Sleep more and eat less sugar probably <laughs> yeah. is the big two. Yeah. Right. The, the, that is the fundamental easiest thing for yeah. everyone to do is sleep more. And so 
that's easy for me to say. And I could, I could tell you, I'll go, right, just get eight hours sleep at night. Yeah. You're like, oh, but I really struggle, so I've got to be up early. I go, okay, well... Go to bed earlier. Go to bed earlier. Yeah. Oh, but I, I want to watch TV at night. I'm like, right, well, what's more important to you? Is it more important that you watch TV for an hour or you get more sleep? Oh, but I think it's important to watch the TV. Right, well, let me lay out the benefits of you getting more sleep. Let's lay out the benefits of you watching telly. And I will be able to tell you for a fact that the benefits of getting more sleep will outweigh <laughs> the benefits of watching telly. But for most people in the short term, because we often think in a short-term mindset, that thought process doesn't enter. We just want to watch the telly at that time. Yeah. And then we'll deal with the repercussions in the future. And that's where sometimes having an external accountability tool like a coach really helps to um, bring you the awareness that you need to make these changes. Because it's the truth is that often health is a delayed gratification process. It's a problem. It's a long journey, isn't it's it? It's a Which long journey. You've got to stick to. It is. And it can often be that there's like twists and turns along the way. I was talking to a client this morning, actually, that a journey, a health journey, whatever it is, it's like literally driving down a road. Okay. So it's like you're riding, you're racing down the road. And um, sometimes there's going to be like things sideswipe you you don't even know they're going to come out of your blind spot you'll get hit and then you have to react and deal with that problem to keep you going on the straight and narrow right and then maybe um there's like a, a, a barrier or something that comes up and you've got to try and navigate around that barrier for a lot of people um because they don't have the experience they get that side swipe and then they're off the track and they don't know how to get back on yeah. And then they're stuck and they're like, oh, what's the point of racing? What's the point of this fitness journey? I, I try and then I get sideswiped and I don't even know what happens and then I don't know what to do. Someone else might be able to navigate that. Someone else might take another couple of corners and they'll be fine and then something happens and they're like, oh, I can't do this. And do Where, you think the resilience then that you build in with your fitness can help you avoid these swipes and get back on? Yeah, definitely it can. It's partly a learnt... It's multi multifactorial. Discipline in some sense, I guess. Part of it's discipline. And I think that a lot of people will try and blame other people for their shortcomings, whereas the truth is that it's your responsibility. Your life is your responsibility. Yeah. So discipline is the big one that more people need to have more of. But secondly, it's experience of knowing what to do in certain situations. Like, say we're on a racetrack and someone sideswipes you, you know what to do and you know how to handle that. Yeah. Whereas I might shit myself. You're re-miss in Dubai, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, like, I would be off the track, but you'd be fine yeah. because you've got the experience to deal with it. And so a lot of people who don't have the experience, they don't know how to deal with it. And that's where, like I said, having a coach really does allow them to have someone else just like if we were on a racetrack, you'd be like, oh no, David, like if he does this, you're just going to do this. Yeah. Right? A coach would be like, oh, if you're, you know, trying to lose weight and this problem happens where, you know, you're struggling to get to sleep at night for X, Y, and Z reasons, then this is what you can do to make that better. And so you get pulled back onto the right, right path. So partly it's experience, partly it's discipline, partly it's knowledge. Knowledge is the big one. If you don't know what it is that you're doing wrong, you don't know how to fix it, so there's there's multiple reasons, yeah. And the knowledge in this industry, I think, is a big one that I can see where Endeavour is going with. But hey, there's so many things coming up now from the fitness industry. So first you add, you know, eat well, 
train more. Now you've got talking about the gut is coming into yeah. it a lot. Sleep is a lot. Yeah. Your lifestyle's implications. Alcohol now is getting a pretty bad rap for what it can do to you. Maybe even don't drink any. How, how do you go from being a 12 week challenge type mentality, even your clients and customers, you must have people coming to you that want to be better forever. And they're looking at this discipline route. How do you coach people through that? Cause it's not just like you said, it's not just sleep. It's not just diet, no. your gut, your alcohol. How do you, but socializing is also very important for your health and wellness. You've got to make sure you do socialize <laughs> and don't just become a gym hermit, but how do you balance your coach, your clients through that? And where, where do you see Endeavor going on that journey? Yeah, that's a great, great question because some people will want a short-term quick fix. And typically those are the people which will get quick fixes and then quick rebounds. Typically, if you can think more long-term, then you'll have a much more um, safe and sustainable long-term journey. But how do you do it is by kind of, as a coach, stepping back a little bit. So like the the evolution of me as a, as a PT and as a coach, starting off was just performance, right? I'm just looking at physical performance. And then like over time, that has expanded further and further. And I've actually been taking more and more of a step back from just performance as a physical element and looking at these other areas. And so now um, the approach is when I start working with someone or when we start working with someone, we look at as much of their life as we can and we can think to them, right, based on what your goal is, and what your lifestyle is like right now, what is the first thing that's going to make the biggest difference to you getting closer to that goal? For some people, it might not be anything to do with health. Like, sorry, it might not have anything to do with them, their training. They might already be training a couple of times a week. And so, cool, don't need to change that. It might not be really anything to do with the nutrition. It might be to do with their sleep. You go, right, well, the problem you're facing is that you make poor decisions with food at night. How can we improve that? Well, first thing is get a good night's sleep. If you make, get a good night's sleep, you're more likely to eat better. You're more likely to make better decisions around food. If you go to bed earlier, you're less likely to eat junk foods at night as well. Because when was the last time you woke up and had a tin, tub of ice cream? Like no one, <laughs> you don't eat ice cream for breakfast. Yeah. You eat ice cream at night wow, when you're watching a movie. Wow, say not to. I mean, I, I would if I could. <laughs> so it's really like now... Um, taking a step back and I recently kind of concentrated my coaching methodology into the Endeavor Life formula and looking at these five key areas of of health and performance and part of its training part of its nutrition but part of its mindset part of it is habits and part of its recovery and now much more than ever um, the important thing for people is that if you want to be a healthier human health is not just going to the gym health is not just eating salads instead of having a burger like health is more multifactorial and so if you want to be an elite performer in your career in your sport in your life if you want to be a high functioning high achiever then it makes sense to have your health sorted out and focusing on the things which make the biggest difference that's what the the problem, and this is a big problem with social media, and it honestly like bugs me so much. People make statements on social media which will attribute a value of 100% to a thing that really has an impact of maybe 5%. And so people watching Instagram, watching TikTok, 
might think that um, like CBD oil is going to be the game-changing health revolution that they really, really must have in their life. Whereas the truth is, it just isn't going to make that much difference. Yeah. That's the problem that a lot of people are having in their health and fitness journey. They attribute far too much weight to something that has far too little impact. Whereas if you look at it from a big picture, you go, right, well, are you sleeping seven to nine hours a night? Are you generally eating a healthy diet? Are you generally exercising a couple of times a week? If you're doing that stuff, that is the baseline. Don't worry about anything else unless you're doing these basic fundamental things. Once you're doing that, then you can start looking at more nuanced stuff, right? But it's kind of that simple, but it's being made to appear very complicated. Yeah, no, I think that's a great sort of synopsis for you. Now, I was going to ask you towards the end, what's your five top sort of tips for people starting? But I think you've done a really good job of answering <laughs> them there. Yeah. But I think the only bit I, I want to sort of touch on before we finish is how do you see the fitness industry moving away? I've seen you've done some really good Instagram stories, really dissecting information that you can eat a burger or two and still reach your goals. Where do you see the fitness industry moving for you? It's had a lot of, like you said, charlatans, I guess you'd call them. We, recently, we've had the Liver King um, scenario where portraying something he wasn't and it was quite, you know, quite insane to see how big a portrayal he was trying to make out of what he wasn't. But where do you see that going? Obviously, you're probably, you're, what you're doing is a bit of an antidote to that, but what's your thoughts on that side of the, the industry? It's quite tricky, if I'm honest. Um, because most people get exposed to the fitness industry through social media, and social media fundamentally looks for new and exciting and overstimulated things because that's what our human psychology is. Um, the lens that people see health and fitness through is kind of like extremes. It's always been extremes. It's been bodybuilding, you know, it's been uh, calisthenics, guys doing insane flips and human flags and stuff. And, um, you know, diets always like the most extreme, crazy diet. And at the moment, the social media angle is people saying stop if you want to get a big chest don't do bench press you like <laughs> or like someone else being like the three worst things that you can do for your shoulders are blah 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 it's just like clickbait hooks that don't actually that aren't true right like this is the problem now it's getting so confusing so i'd really like for it to become more simple and more easy to understand but the truth is that health and fitness hasn't really changed that much, right? The fundamentals, are, they've been pretty consistent for the past like 50 years. Since, since people have really started to understand things, it's been pretty consistent, right? Like your body needs to sleep, sleep. Your body needs to lift weights, lift weights. Your body needs to eat a whole food diet the majority of the time. These are like, they haven't changed. It is the same, but... People want to make money, so people need to productize health and fitness. Yeah. So there's always going to be someone bringing out something, trying to convince you that it is the best and it is the newest and it is the essential reason that you haven't achieved your goals in your life. The truth is, most likely, it's bollocks. Most likely, what you need to do is just sleep more, eat a healthy diet that's not got loads of fat and sugar in it, and then train a couple times a week and just generally be active, like walk a bit. If you do those things, you'll, yeah, exactly. you'll probably be quite healthy. 
So where's the health and fitness industry going? I don't know, but I hope that it's going to a more reasonable place where the average Joe has more access to knowledge and information that's going to allow them to actually live a healthier life. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, I totally agree. I mean, I, I would say as well, it's the small little bits you can do each day that add up. And I think entrepreneurs get this because we know within our businesses, the small little things you do can add up and compound, can't they, over life? Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is I found as I've got older, how much stuff compounds. I'm now getting bad knees because I never stretched. And there <laughs> we go, but it goes on. But thank you um, for your time. I think you give us some great insights there. Where can people find what you do and more about yeah, yeah, man, you know, thanks very much for having me. Uh, so if you want to find out more, just at david.bertelsall on Instagram, best place, or if you're on TikTok, at DB the fitness coach. TikTok, lovely. So we're going to hit a <laughs> session, I think, aren't we? I'm going to yeah. have one of these. You've had an excite before, haven't you? Definitely, mate. What do you think? Yeah, good, good. The peach, is it a peach one? or? Yeah, so we've yeah. got a peach one there. This I'm going to have a favorite. raspberry. Before. Welcome to have one before we go for a gym session. But thank you for joining. Um, Cheers, be in mate. touch. It was great. Thanks very much, man. Thank you, mate.